Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Why haven't you paid back the 1200 When I got my taxes, I asked him, I said, what do you want me to, I said, do you want me to give this 1200 back to your uncle? And he was like, you can keep it. I ain't tripping. Those are his exact words. Okay. So, did you tell her that she could keep the money, Mr. Seiler? No, ma'am, I did not. I have 13 children. This is the plaintiff, Reginald Seiler. He says he and the defendant dated for three years, and the woman now owes him money he loaned her and money he laid out for an iPhone for her. He never thought getting the money from her would be a problem, but hey, you live and you learn. He's suing for $2,745, the money he's owed. This is the defendant, Jennifer Hicks. She says the plaintiff went off to jail for a few years, and she helped him out while he was away. He told her she didn't have to pay back the loan because of all the things she did for him while he was out of commission. And he never bought her a phone, so she owes nothing. She's accused of letting a guy down. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Seiler, tell me what happened. Uh, I went off to jail, and Miss Hicks asked to borrow some money from me. I let her borrow money. Okay, let's hold hold on a second. What did you go to jail for? I went to jail for jail for drugs. For sale? Yes, ma'am. How long did you serve? Twenty three, twenty four months. Right along now. At the time that you went to jail, was Miss Hicks your girlfriend? Yes, ma'am. She was. How long had you been dating? On and off for like three years. Okay. So when you are in jail, she asks you to borrow money? I was, it wasn't a year. It was a few months. When you were in jail. So you're in jail for three months, and then she says, can I borrow money? That's correct. And where was your money for her to borrow? Like, how did she end up borrowing the money? Uh, my uncle took her the money. Okay. And that was $1,200. And what did she need the money for? Did she tell you? I didn't ask any questions. She was my girl okay. at the time. I, I took it up on my, what she asked for, it. she needed it, I gave it to her. 
Okay. Now, did you give it to her? Or did you loan it to her? I loaned it to her. Was she, she asked supposed she borrow. She asked because she okay. borrowed the money. And she was supposed to pay you back? That's correct. Was there ever any agreement on when she would pay you back? She said when she got around February, when she got her money, I don't know if it was tax return or whatnot, but that's what was my understanding. Okay. So you get out of prison, and what happens? I go by Jennifer's house, me and my daughter. She took me by there, and I asked her what happened. I mean, where's my money? And she How said... How much money were you... Hold on one second. How much money did you expect that Jennifer would give you at that point when you got out? The 1200 you loaned her, and what's this other money that you're suing for? Uh, she picked up $1,600 from a friend of mine who I do work for, and she paid 500 of the dollars on a car that she went and picked up for me, uh, my aunt, and pretty much that was it. Okay, so according to you, she still owes you, even after running around, paying your bills and whatever else, she still owes you the balance of that money, which is $845, plus she owes you the 1200 that you say you loaned her, plus, according to you, you left an iPhone 8S at her house when you went to prison, and you value that at $700. You've been in for a long time if you think that's worth $700. But... No, I mean, I, uh, I know mid- the retail price will change, but I, just, I don't know what... I was just telling you what it was at the time. Right. Ms. Hicks, what's going on here? Um, he He's correct. I did ask to borrow the $1,200, and uh, I picked up money from him for him, which was $1,100, and I paid a, a car for to get repairs, which was $600, not $500. It was $600. And after that, I paid on his fines and uh, put money on his book and stuff like that. All um, right. So is all the money gone, according to you, because you were paying fines and running around and doing and, and getting his car bill paid? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Is there any money left over? No. Why haven't you paid back the twelve hundred? Uh, when I got my taxes, I asked him. I said, "What well, you want me?" To, I said, "Do you want me to give this twelve hundred back to your uncle?" And he was like, "You can keep it. I ain't tripping." Those were his exact words. Okay. So, did you tell her that she could keep the money, Mister Siler? No, ma'am. I did not. I have thirteen children, and I know where I'm gonna be able to take her, take care of a a woman better than I take care of my children from prison. My children haven't received anything from me until I come back home. No way I would have told yeah, her Ms. she can have Ms. it. Ms. Hicks, can you prove that he gave you, that he told you that you didn't have to pay it? And even no, if he did, was, he could okay. change his mind. But do you have any proof that he even said it? No, I don't have any proof. It was over the phone. So I don't have no proof. What about the phone? What about the phone that he's talking about having left with you? An iPhone 8S? I don't know nothing about that phone. Were you oh. living together when he went into prison? No. Okay. I have a probation officer who can tell you totally different than what she's saying. Is the probation officer here to testify right now? Really, he's not. I didn't think that this, uh, we would have okay. needed him. You do have he, a witness that you want me to hear from who's with you now? Uh, he was the one who gave her the money as far as the $1,600 that she's calling eleven. Okay, I... I don't think it's necessary for him to testify because she agrees that she picked up the money. She's not denying that. Okay. What she's well, saying, okay. and she's attached her bank statement 
to her to her answer in this case is that she was always putting money into your thing and paying your so she says the money's gone and in fact she says she dipped into her own money to help you pay off some stuff based on what i have heard the one thing that i believe you owe him for sure is the $1200 that he loaned you you've acknowledged that it was a loan and not a gift at the time when it was made that you had obligated yourself to paying him back and your only defense to it is to say that at some point he told you I ain't tripping don't worry about that right now yeah. but he's worried about it right now cuz he's out oh and by the way you moved on right like you stopped talking to him you got another boyfriend uh while he was still in prison and then he comes out of prison and then he comes to your door knocking on your door and says what um he was like telling me to let him in and stuff like that. He's talking about, can he take me out on a date? Um, did oh. I, asking me, did I have a boyfriend? Yeah, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I have a boyfriend. You can't take me out. But and you asked me, could you get they... a date? <laughs> yeah. You said, can I get a date? And I said, no. And you said, do you have a boyfriend? And I said, yes. Well, he must have known that because you stopped talking to him in July. Right? I mean, didn't you tell him you had a boyfriend right. back then? No. I just stopped talking to him. Okay. What'd you do? He would call and you wouldn't pick up? Correct. Okay. Um, it's good to have somebody outside moving your money around and doing what you need them to do, but it's also bad because you don't have a lot of control over it. So I, I am ordering the defendant to pay you the $1,200 loan back. That's my judgment. Ms. Hicks, you uh, you understand what the judge has ordered you to do? You prepared to do that? Give that twelve hundred back? Yes. You will. Okay. Uh, and you have a new boyfriend now, so you're not interested in him anymore. Is that right? He can still be your friend, though, can he? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Mr. Siler, let me ask you. Uh, you know, you're going you're to get the twelve hundred back. Is that okay for you? You you satisfied yes. with that? All right. And uh, she's not going to be your girlfriend anymore. No, I, uh, I, I'm living the life of a bachelor right now. Life of a bachelor. Okay. Yeah. When you got money, you don't worry about those types of things. All right. Well, you're going to get your money. Right. 500 bucks. Congratulations. Good enough. All right. Let's see what the judges have to say about this. Being incarcerated, Marilyn, is, is probably the ultimate loss of control over your own life and yeah. things that go on in your life. You, you're there in, in the prison or the jail. Time is standing still for you. And the river of life is just flowing and rolling along outside. And you do your two years like Mr. Seiler did. You come out and you find out that your iPhone, your 1200 bucks, your girlfriend, they've all moved on to the next, <laughs> they've rolled down the river and, they, and they've gone someplace else. So uh, certainly kind of a tough, a tough lesson, I'm sure, for him while he was in. Yeah. But uh, he gets back to 1200 at least. Yeah, and it's, you know, like I told him at the end, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's helpful to have someone running around doing your bidding. Right. But uh, you're going to turn around later and say, okay, I'd like a full accounting of every single little thing I asked uh, you to do. Don't count on that. Uh, yeah, it's not going to work out well. Right. Okay, Richie wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, if the police are executing a search warrant, but there's a mask mandate, can you deny them entry or insist they wear a mask? I think it's a great question. However, um, if the police come to you with a search warrant and it's a lawful search warrant, you have to submit. Now, if 
they aren't wearing masks and they should have worn masks. You can clearly file a complaint with the police department. I understand that it could be unsafe, but the way the law works, you have to comply. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the plaintiff, Timothy Coggins. He says he got into a deal with the defendant regarding his 2000 Ford Focus. And the guy's double-crossing him, and he refuses to be scammed. That's right. The defendant owes him $1,831, and he's here suing for it today. This is the defendant, Cody Fleming. He says the plaintiff gave him a car, and now he's mad because he fixed it up and sold it and made a pretty penny doing it. This guy just has sour grapes, and he believes the judge will see things his way today, and the plaintiff will end up as the loser. He's accused of being a bad businessman. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $1,831 for defamation. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant double-crossed him over a deal involving a Ford Focus, and he wants his money back. But the defendant says the plaintiff gave him the car. He fixed it up and sold it, and now the plaintiff is jealous. It's the case of Focus, Focus. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Coggins, how is it that you know Mr. Fleming? Um, a friend of mine, Dimitri, was working on my truck. Um, Cody was just his friend that he had come over to help him get the bed off of my pickup truck. Okay, how old a pickup truck was this? Uh, it's a 74 Ford F100. So, yeah, kind of old. <laughs> um, <laughs> so was this, but, uh, so he comes over to help Dimitri, who's doing some work, and what happens? Um, they get the bed of the truck off, you know, kind of hangs out for the day, dinking around with other little stuff with Dimitri, and then goes home. Um, he comes back a couple days later, and he gets the goal that he wants to get it started. And uh, I was just overwhelmed in joy. I hadn't seen it run in two years. So, you know, I was just okay. super happy. And so anyway, so Cody, or uh, Dimitri says, well, Cody does electrical work on on cars all the time you know he could do the electrical work on this truck and i thought you know that's a great idea so we sat back and said well what do you want for it and he says well i got to look and see what needs to be done and so he uh, tore the dashboard off and he says oh man this thing needs a whole new harness you know just the whole thing needs to be done and i said well what do you want to do it he says well, i'll think about it and get back to you 
So he comes over the next time with Dimitri. This time they're just kind of hanging out for about an hour. And he's complaining because his aunt is taking her car back. And, you know, he was just all paranoid, wouldn't have a way to get his kid around, you know. So I says, hey, great idea. I've got this 2000 Ford Focus. It was my daily driver. I just bought it. 2000 Ford Focus. Yeah. So 20-year-old car. I mean, um, but I just bought a new car, more for my girlfriend. That was going to be my daily driver to and from work. But since my pickup truck was on the, you know, verge of running kind of a thing, like people were actually working on it, I thought, Oh, boy, you, you know got what? a lot of faith. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, there's truth in that. But um, so I says, you know what, I'll trade you this car for it. And so, you know, he's good with the deal. He looks at the car. You know, it, it ran great. There was no problems with it. Like I said, it was my daily driver. Well, so anyway, he comes over one more time. Now, this is the one that um, was on the 13th of July. And his aunt was taking the car that night. He had nowhere to take, or no way to take his kid around. He's just, I mean, he's in total panic mode this time. So I says, you know what? I mean, this is against my better judgment. I watch your show so much. Oh, yes. This is so stupid. Oh, do you? Because I I don't think you're listening. So you paid for work that hadn't been done and gave him the Ford Focus. Right, but I, and I said, look, I'll write you up something right now so in case you get pulled over, because it had temporary tags on it. So you write something there, but you don't write what he's, the work he's supposed to do on your truck. Well, this is the thing, like I said, you know, Dimitri, well, and like I said, Dimitri's a good friend of mine, and, you know, he trusted this guy, and they were supposed to come over the next day, so I was kind of What going, have you learned? How, you know, how long? Are, uh, did you, are you just paying me lip service when oh, you say I know. you watch my show? I'm t- because you know that <laughs> everybody who comes in for litigation is someone who actually had a good relationship and trusted someone, and, you, and it's a terrible reason to not have things in writing. You give him something in writing so he doesn't get in trouble for driving your car, but you don't give him, but you don't make him sign something saying this is the work I'm going to do. Watch this. Mr. Fleming, in return for that car, what work were you supposed to do? All I had to do was help Dimitri get the bed off, help him clean out the fuel tanks, help him replace the fuel lines, install a mechanical fuel pump, and get it running. That's all he wanted. Um, the wiring work was after the fact. Wait, 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 hold on. You're describing all the stuff that you did with Dimitri already. You're describing, why would he then give you a car and say, well, for the work you're going to do, I'm going to give you a car. You'd already worked that out with Dimitri. So what work did you, not Dimitri, do to earn that car? Okay, I welded, I welded to the bolt. I welded a nut to it to get the actual broken bolt out of the bed to remove the bed off because they couldn't get the bed off. That's why I was called in originally. When did you get the car? I got the car after the stuff was done. Right, and you know that the car was given to you in contemplation of you doing future work. What was the future work you were supposed to, no? He just gave you a car? I did the work, I did it with Dimitri, and he gave me the car and he gave Dimitri a car. He gave us both a car for both of us doing it. Wow, how do you figure that you completed the work when here are the pictures. I got it started and running. He wanted it oh, running Oh, that's it? That's all you got to do when you get a new car? Does that look like a car that can run? It does run. It does drive. The electrical <laughs> work was, was part of a cash deal after the fact. That's what I'm saying. Cash deal. He how said, much were you, you supposed to be paid for the electrical work? Deal. Yeah, how much, how much were you going to be paid for the electrical work? I was, well, it depends how much the harness costs, how long it took. I actually run a business with a business partner in Stanfield. 
And do you we see, do Mr. Coggins, why you don't pay for work that isn't done? And do you yeah. see why, if you're gonna do that, maybe that's the written word that you should be worried about, as opposed to whether he'll get arrested driving it? Is Dimitri here to testify? You got a statement from Dimitri? Not only do I have a statement with him, but uh, he's actually sitting right next to me to be on, like. Oh, I want Dimitri. It, can Dimitri take, I'd like to swear Dimitri in and hear from him personally. I have nothing to hide. Hello? Raise your right hand, please. Thank you. Yeah. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Yes. Thank you. Your Honor? Okay. Dimitri, you heard Mr. Fleming testify. I don't know if he knew you were in the room or not, but you heard him testify that he was paid that car for work he had already done. What's your understanding of the agreement between these fellas? The understanding was pretty much that basically we're supposed to finish the job and then he needed a car to get his kids around. Right, so but what was there. Fleming supposed to do? Was he going to do electrical work? Yes, he was. So what happened? Is he supposed to be doing the rest of the work with you? And then he just bolted on you? So basically the agreement was the electrical because the tail lights and the brake lights and everything worked before we pulled off the bed. That's when he was like, I'll, I'll finish the, the lights. We can rewire it one wire by wire by wire. That was pretty much What it. happened with the welding helmet? What happened with the welding helmet? According to Mr. Flem Mr. Fleming, you say that the welding helmet he's suing you for is something he gave you as a gift? Oh, he gave it to me. He said, you can have that. I, I'll go buy a new one. He said he needed okay. a new lens in the and front. And Dimitri, so. did, he, did he in fact give that to Mr. Fleming as a gift? It was part of the whole agreement with the job. So he did give it to him as part of the uh, of payment? Yeah. That's what I'm asking you. Basically. Yeah, okay, basically. that's what I want to know. All right, so now, uh, Mr. Fleming, you say you've had a falling out with Dimitri. Tell me about that. We just don't talk anymore. Um, I don't know. We haven't seen eye to eye. Um, I hang out with his sister and um, her boyfriend, but me and him really just don't talk. Uh, we got into a thing on Facebook, basically, and I... I didn't even know he was going to be here. Was it today. about this? Yeah, I know. I can tell. No, was it, wasn't it about, about this? this? It wasn't about this. Okay. It was about parenting. Okay. Well, both Mr. Coggins and Dimitri testify that you were supposed to come and do additional work and you've just faded into the woodwork. Nobody knows. Then what you did was you took that Ford Focus and you actually sold it for how much? 1400 bucks. Oh, no, 1100 bucks. You sell that piece of garbage for 1100 bucks. It's it the blue book value it. on it is five hundred bucks, right? But how much yeah, money could you money put into it? It, it was, like, what did you do uh, that made it worth three times the blue book value? Welcome back to the People's Court. So is the defendant some kind of a magician who tripled the value of this Ford Focus? Let's go back into the courtroom. Um, the blue book value is a four hundred bucks. And then I also I, I don't know what you I mean. Well, you put car. money into it, like you right? But you put money into it. How much money could you have put into it that it would make a car that, in good condition, is worth four hundred and something like bucks, five hundred bucks? Into it. But I told yeah, the guy, that's not I told a lot the guy of money. how much it was worth, and he needed a car, and so we just made that agreement. You know, I said, you know. Wow, you maybe I gotta tell you. Go ahead and put Mr. Coggins back in, please, Dimitri. There you go. I know. Mr. Coggins, why are you suing for $1,350 for the value of a 2000 Ford Focus when that is not the value of a 2000 Ford Focus? Um, you know, to be honest, all I did was just kind of click OK on 
Kelly Blue Book and got a number on it. I didn't really. Yeah, so did I. And it's not three, 1,350. No, I think what you didn't put was a year, okay? So it doesn't hold its value quite as much as you would hope it would. But in any event, if I believe your story that it's supposed to be payment for work, then, and you've got nothing in writing about what the work is he was supposed to do, then I've got to figure, okay, let me see what the value of that car is in order to determine what it is that Mr. Coggins should be repaid and in order to determine what that work is valued at. You've got nothing to show me what the value of the work is that he didn't do, except for one thing, the blue book value of a 2000 Ford Focus, okay? That's the one thing that I'm able to see by looking up Kelly Blue Book. And that is $500, not 1350 I have no idea where you got that from. So you're entitled to the $500 that the car is worth, because I believe he didn't Can do I the work he was thing? supposed to do. Put, no, you can't. And you're entitled to $100 for the helmet, so I'm going to order the defendant to pay you $600. Good luck, gentlemen. Mr. Fleming, you defendant, you were suing him, a counter-suing for $1,700, actually $1,800. You didn't get anything. What do you think about the judge's verdict? This case was completely botched, and um, I'm going to be seeing into it. Thank you. All right. Very good. Okay, so you're a loser. Mr. Coggins, on the other hand, I think you probably learned a lot uh, as a result of all this. I mean, you had no real contract. Uh, there were so many things you could have done better, don't you think? Uh, truth be told, I already knew it. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I, I kind of smacked myself in the face for this entire thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the judge saw it, and she prevailed correctly, I think. Okay, very good. Congratulations. That's it. Thank All right, you. let's see what the judges say now about this case. I looked over the contract between these two, supposedly, and it says, I, Tim Coggins, am selling my 2000 Ford Focus VIN number to Cody on, and then it gives a date. That is not an enforceable contract. That would not be a purchase and sale agreement. There's no price listed. Uh, there are terms missing that would render it enforceable. It's not clear that there was a sale that day or whether they contemplated further services to be provided, which is exactly what the plaintiff maintained here and is exactly the way you saw it. Is right? that the way you saw it? Oh, definitely. There was more work to be done here. And Demetria, the other witness, Demetri said so, and certainly the plaintiff said so. And it's obvious that that truck wasn't going anywhere in the condition that it's in. <laughs> that old 1974 Ford F-150, almost a 50-year-old truck. It needed some TLC. And the bottom line is, if the plaintiff wanted full satisfaction here and, and the full value of what he thought was the deal he struck... How about get getting it in writing? Writing, thank you. So Lewis wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, I had to call 911 and two ambulance companies came. I was treated by the first one, but I got bills from both companies. Do I have to pay both bills? So what we need to know is, who'd you call, Lewis? I mean, if you call 911 and they sent an ambulance and then they ended up sending a second one, I think you have a clear case that you don't have to pay for two. It depends on who you called, but if it's 911, I think you're good. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Stalin. He says the defendant rented a room from him and she's not paying the rent. And even though there's a pandemic, he needs his money. He's suing for the $2,110 he says he's owed. This is the defendant, Marie. 
She says she went to visit her sister in another state, and when Corona hit, the plaintiff told her she couldn't come back to the room she rented. Then, President Trump instituted a rent freeze, and she feels she owes nothing due to the circumstances. She's accused of living rent-free. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that the defendant is not paying her rent and he needs the money stat. But the defendant says the plaintiff told her she wasn't allowed to come back to the apartment because she went to visit her sister who tested positive for COVID and she owes nothing. It's the case of no one lives rent free. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Stalin, you're suing the defendant for... $2,010 that you say she still owes you in rent. She was your tenant, correct? Yes. And when did she move in? Do you remember? She moved in uh, June 15, 2019. Okay. And you were renting a room to her. And who else lived in that place, in that home? You and your wife? Yes, correct. All right. So she had been paying rent and everything was fine. And then Corona hits and what happens? She stopped paying rent. And um, I guess uh, she used the pandemic as, a, as an excuse because uh, even though I know it was a pandemic, uh, I still was uh, working and paying uh, my rent. Okay. And was she working? Uh, she claims she's, she wasn't working. Uh, and I keep on receiving uh, pay stubs, I guess, or something that looks like pay stubs. So the address through the mail weekly. All right, so now she left town in when, in April? Um, yes. Okay, and where did you go, uh, Ms. Marie? Where'd you go? I actually left town in March. Mm -hmm. um, March, I went to Florida okay. For my sister's birthday, yes. All right, and did you pay any of April rent? I did, actually. I have the receipts. Um, I paid $400 for April. Okay, and was that the last time you paid rent? Yes. Okay. But you were still there in May, June, July, and August. No. So when I came back from um, Florida in March, I came back the 16th. I stayed with my boyfriend at his house because Stalin had told me that him and his wife both had coronavirus. So I was unable to go to my room. And why okay, would I Okay, hold on one second. Back? Is that true? Did you, did you guys get sick, Mr. Stalin? Yes, we did. Okay. So that was when... They were, they told me, I think in April. How long were you sick, Mr. Stalin? Uh, it was about 10 days already. Okay. I almost completed the two weeks. And while right. I was uh, quarantined, I was cleaning and disinfecting everything all the time. Right. Did you, did you get tested to have a negative test? Yes. When? After two weeks and a half and it tested uh, negative. Okay. I wasn't notified about them ever testing negative. Well, well, when did you come back, though? Because you left all your stuff there for three months. I mean, you came in and out during those three months. You didn't move out. You didn't, you didn't go in there all suited up with a mask and take all your stuff and say adios. You left your stuff there, and you would come back and forth all the way through August to the point where they, his wife ended up calling your father to try to get you out because you weren't paying rent, right? Well, actually, I wasn't there at all until... I came back. Was your from stuff Florida. there? It was there, but they had access to the room. If okay. they wanted to throw me, throw me out, they could have taken my stuff out. I wasn't living there. No, they there. can't. It's illegal. They can't do that. No, they can't throw your stuff out. 
Uh, are you tell when was did you set foot in there between April and August? Once before I went to Florida on May 6th to get my to pack my bag. Except for you didn't move out in May. So you still didn't move out. You went back there and you still didn't move out. In August, his wife is begging your father to get you to move out. Right? That is What's your true. defense? And okay. Oh, it is true. Hold on one second. Just a moment. You want me to play the tape of uh, her and your father or you want me to just let it go? I would like to hear it. Okay. I'm going to have her move out ASAP. She'll be out within a week. Yeah, because okay. when she was in Florida, she texted me on May 29th letting me know that she got a job offer and yeah. that she was going to start making some payments, you yeah, know? Yeah, she the whole deal fell through. She's having a very difficult time. Um, she, let me just, let yeah, me Yeah, but she hasn't been She's spending not... time here. She hasn't been sleeping here. No, huh? She's been sleeping in other people's houses, uh, her, her boyfriend's house, or sometimes she would come really late, drunk. Right. You know, like, I don't mind what yeah. she does in her personal life. It's her business, but, you know, right. one thing or another. I, I promise she'll be out by this time next week. Give me one, give her one week, all right? All right. One week. All right. All right. Thank What's you. gonna happen with the with the balance that she owns? Well, you know, I'm trying to get her a job. We're trying to make some moves and pull some favors with friends and family to to help out. Okay. And as soon as something happens, I'll get back to you. I got your number now. Okay? All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Okay, so God bless him. Your dad tells her, we're trying to get her a job. We're trying to make some moves so that we can get you paid. Except that doesn't happen in your defense. It, tell me your defense. Prior to moving in, I paid $350 because I moved in half the month of June. There was no security deposit ever mentioned. July 1st comes, I pay my rent, and they hit me with a bunch of rules they read up on a piece of paper um, that they called their lease. Um, I had some of the rules where I couldn't have guests over. I didn't have access to the living room. We had to share the bathroom, obviously. Um, and then there was a security deposit owed of $350. So I think, you know, knowing my family moved to Florida, I was up here by myself. I feel that they kind of took advantage of me in that aspect with, you know, because when my parents paid the 350 for me to move in in June, they met my family. We uh, discussed them moving and everything. And then July 1st comes. And I have a bunch of rules out of nowhere and a security deposit that I owe out of nowhere. So Did you have um, a lease? It was a month-to-month -month lease. They wrote up a bunch of rules on a piece of paper and we signed it, whatever. Um, I ended up paying off the $350 monthly on top of my $700 that was for the room to rent. So what's the total security deposit that you paid? $350. What is your defense to paying the rent for the rest of April, May, June, July, and August, which is what they're suing you for? First off, um, I wasn't able to go to the apartment because they had coronavirus. And second, I wasn't living well, there. Well, they didn't have it for five months. Just a second. If you choose to sleep at your boyfriend's, that's up to you. If you don't move out, you're still living there. You c it's not a hotel. It's, an, it's a rental. And they can't rent it to someone else because your stuff is there. So what is your defense besides what you've said? Trump also issued that you did not have to pay rent during the time of the pandemic. He signed Trump something said what? saying, yeah, you didn't have to pay rent. <laughs> if you weren't unable to pay rent, you did not have to. What he said is you will not be evicted. So some people take that to mean, woohoo, bonus, just don't pay rent. And some people are struggling and can't. There's lots of different kinds of people in this continuum, and 
one of the people are the people who have a mortgage to pay and taxes to pay and all that stuff. But there is no presidential free pass. What was said is no one's going to remove you from your house right now. So in other words, there's no penalty for you right now. Now, you've chosen to take that to mean that because you're not going to get punished, then you can get away with it. Well, now I just don't have to do it, but that's not accurate. People still owe the rent. All right, let's talk about, uh, tell me again when you came back, it was March, and what was the date? March what, uh, Ms. March Marie? 16th. 16th, and you had paid March in full. Yes. So you stay away from the apartment until you end up, do you ever call her and say, hey, we're, we got negative tests? No, I didn't because she was never around, and, and uh, I got tested March 27th on a Friday at my you job. Were, you were positive March 27th on a Friday? Yes. When was your negative test? Uh, like two and a half weeks later. Okay, well you have her phone number. Why didn't you guys let her know, hey, we're negative, you can come back? Uh, because like I said, she was barely home. And what does that have to do with it? If she needs to come home to get clothes, then you, would, you should but tell her. When was the next time you heard from her in the month of April? I think when she, uh, like around May before, right after she went to um, Florida. I was in Florida from May 6th yeah. till June 20th. I'd like to add something. Um, when he sure. said he only lived in the apartment with his wife, um, when summer came around, I had realized that there was five kids in the house living there out of nowhere. <laughs> when I wasn't able to even have a guest over or sit in the living room. Um, they had five kids I didn't even know about running around the house, so. Who were the kids who were there? They're my stepkids. My stepkids, and they only came for uh, four days. Okay. I find as follows. First of all, um, the fact that you can do something and you can get away with it doesn't mean that you're legally excused from doing it. There's a distinction. You can get away with not paying your rent, but eventually you are going to have to pay it. So let's talk about what you owe and what you don't owe. I do not believe that you owe a half month's rent for a amount of time where people are sick and you can't use the place, okay? I am going to give you a half a month credit for while they were sick and you judiciously stayed away. There's also a security deposit. I am going to give you credit for the $350. And the total amount that you owe in rent is $2,050. That is still remaining, okay? And you have to pay that. I, I am going to issue a judgment against you so I wish you luck. And Mr. Stalin, I wish you luck. Did you re-rent the place or no? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I returned back to work and uh, they gave me a little raise. So I'm kind of like... Uh, oh, still... good for you. And Ms. Marie, uh, were you able to get a job in New York? Mm-hmm. Okay, good for you. All right, folks, I wish you all the best of luck. Verdict to the plaintiff, $2,050. So the judge orders the defendant to have to pay up $2,050. Marie, what do you think about that? Um, it is what it is. <laughs> Where are you? You're living okay now? You know, 
Where yeah, are you now? I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Well, good luck to you. All right. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Stalins, I assume you're glad yes. you sued her. You probably wouldn't be getting this without a lawsuit, would you? Yeah, you're right. You feel sorry for her? I mean, I do. I wish everything, you know, we could have worked things out. But like I said, I, I, I had to pay rent. I'm, I was struggling at that time. But now I'm okay pretty much. Um, I could afford my, my apartment now. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's see what the judges have to say about this case. Here they are. When I was a young man, my father used to say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> and I guess that remains unchanged because, you know, some people have that mis perception that during this unfortunate COVID pandemic that's that's wrecked so many people's lives, um, you might not be evicted during the short term, but over the long term, you are going to be accountable for the rent. Absolutely. Right? Uh, obviously, no, no public official elected or otherwise can just forgive rent. No. It, it really can't be done. They can't but, give away other people's money. Exactly. Olivia wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. Uh, how does jurisdiction work at the People's Court if the case comes from all over the country? Uh, which laws do the judge use? Well, the judge uses the laws from the state where it was filed, and the result could be different depending on the state, but that's the way justice works in the United States of America.